enough of this tomfoolery. Welcome to the Mayfair Theater podcast. It is November 2nd, and we're going to be chatting about November 3rd through 9, 2017. This is Josh, and it's me and Lee this afternoon. Back on home turf. Back in the Mayfair. You should get your friend Kevin to sign our Jar Jar Binks Yes. Poster. It's funny. We were chatting before and then scolding each other because when you're on a podcast together, you should cut off all social ties because yes. then you have more to talk about. But I walked into the, the office a couple days ago during the Halloween rush, and there was a Jar Jar poster on the wall. And I took a picture of it and sent it to my friend Kevin, who works for Lucasfilm, and put it on our Twitter feed. You can find the picture there. And I said something like, Hey, Kevin, is this your work? Please confirm, sir. And he did, and he said, yep, I did that. So and a guy from Ottawa did Jar Jar Binks. That's right. He animated Jar Jar Binks, and he, the whole world was, hated his yeah. work. <laughs> and it, he probably Except put, for me. <laughs> he probably put so much blood, sweat, and tears into that. And, yeah. and he was one of, I don't know his official job title at the time, but he was young, so I'm sure yeah. he wasn't, like, lead animator or whatever. Right. If I remember this correctly, his gig was Jar Jar for part one, Yoda for part two and Grievous for part three. I wonder, Rob Coleman used to be, uh, for the prequels, Rob Coleman worked for Lucasfilm, and he was he was head of the animation department at Lucasfilm. Right. And every year he would come to the Ottawa Animation Festival. And okay, I yeah. wonder if he met Kevin in Ottawa at the Animation Festival. Oh, we have to find out. Like that. We have to find out Kevin's secret origin of why. And he's been there for like 20 years now, and I thought it was funny because a little while ago, Kevin, they gave him, you know, like the gold watch, like you get it for 25 years working yeah. for somewhere. He got his... I guess it would have been 20th, because if you do the math, I graduated in 94 from high school, and I think he was either a year before me or something mm-hmm. like that. So if they would have pulled him out of college to go work on episode one, it would have made sense that it was like 97 or 96 yeah. or something like that. But he got his 20th anniversary, but it's interesting that Disney is retconning Lucasfilm. So his 20th anniversary statue, instead of a little R2 in, or Yoda, is the Lion King. And it says, thank you for 20 years of service yeah. at Disney. And I'm like, you didn't work at Disney for 20 years. Yeah. You worked at Disney for three years yeah. or whatever. But I've got one of those from a Sony, from Sony. Sony executives got a snow globe of the James Bond car. Okay, yeah. It says 007, and, and uh, only Sony execs got them. And I think Daniel Craig got one. And a friend of mine who works at Sony gave me his. Cool. <laughs> and it's apparently very valuable. But anyway, Jar Jar Binks was on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine yeah. just a month before Phantom Menace hit the screen. And it right. says the next big thing, because they thought he would be the next Chewbacca. And he was on the cover. You know, he was on cereal boxes, and he was oh, everywhere. Yeah. But everyone would hate him. They thought he would be the next big, you know, the next thing, the, the big pop icon. Yeah. In a way, he is for, for hatred. It's interesting now <coughs> that so much time has passed and the character really hasn't gone away because whether it's on, on TV with the cartoons mm-hmm. and, and Ahmed Best has a great sense of humor about it because yeah. even recently I've heard him on a few different podcasts talking about it and yeah. he's quite the storyteller. He has, these, he has these stories of <laughs> George Lucas bringing him and Natalie Portman to like a Michael Jackson concert yeah. and these crazy stories. So yeah. it's yeah, they were really, really good friends. It's too bad it went horribly wrong for him, but I think he's hanging in there. I think he's doing other things. George Lucas produced Captain EO. Right. Yes. Yeah, Michael Jackson. Uh, Did you get to see Captain EO? Like, yes. I've never seen it it's on not very good. the thing. Like. <laughs> it's not very good. I actually like Jar Jar more than Captain <laughs> EO. But anyway, the Rolling Stone magazine cover had a centerfold. Right, and it was Jar Jar Binks, so I framed it. I finally, <laughs> I have the the magazine at home, but I lost my centerfold. I found my centerfold after ten years. Yeah, framed and put it up in the office. So if your friend ever comes to Ottawa, you should get him the sign. Yeah, yeah. The, I, I told him, I said, your career has finally paid off. <laughs> <laughs> 
after all those giant billion dollar movies you worked on, now you have immortality in the Mayfair office. I, I remember when, when the movie came out, I was so excited for Jar Jar because he was the first digital character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd seen digital effects before, but we never watched a character walk around an environment that was fully digital yeah. ever for the entire length of a film. And it was really, I was jaw-dropped through the whole movie thinking, wow, Jar Jar looks great. It's well, so, and now, it still holds up. Just people hate the character. Like you cut to what... Andy Serkis has done. Mm. I think even I'm not a giant Lord of the Rings fan. I'm, I'm the great nerd minority. Yeah, me neither. I just I'm not sword and sorcery. Yeah, yeah. It's rainbow bridges. Yeah, it's like oh, you guys still walking? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> but uh, but Andy Serkis in the Apes movies, I think is astounding. Yeah. And especially when you see the behind the scenes, because people assume it's Andy Serkis in a recording booth in his pajamas, mm. and then an animator doing all the work. But when you see that it's his face and his movements. Yeah. And that, I think, is the true perfection of the yeah. CG slash actor craft. Not to replace actors. And now he's in Star Wars, too. Thank so. you. Thank you, Jar Jar. Thank you, Jar Jar. <laughs> Where would it be without you, Jar Jar? Tom Hardy's doing that right now for Venom. He's playing Venom. Oh, right. It's yeah. all fully mocap cap. Yeah. And I think Tom Hardy's better than that. Well, even I saw Mark Ruffalo, because he is actually doing the Hulk as well. Like, he's not just mm-hmm. Bruce Banner. And he's in this goofy-looking downhill skier onesie with all these little dots all over it and he's like yeah that's what acting is now that's that's my job to be in this stupid thing i saw that walking in during the trenches of halloween yeah friday and saturday we had two screenings of rocky horror with the absent friend shadow cast and then on halloween we had three and on paper the thought of doing three shows of the same movie at the mayfair on a weeknight including a midnight show seems crazy but it was two sellouts and the midnight show was like 200 plus or something like Mm -hmm. that so it was, it was crazy. It might have been our biggest draw of Rocky Horror. I think it might and, have been, yeah. And, and we have always, 20th Century Fox told me a few years ago that Ottawa is now the second performance of Rocky Horror at the Mayfair. It's the second biggest draw in North America. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I think maybe behind the Castro in, in San Francisco. Or, right. And I have to say... Can I do something while you're recording? While, yes. This is for the show. Okay. CCDI just got here. Yes. And our posters were just dropped Okay. Off, and I'm really hoping for something. And if it's there, I want to find it on the show. It's like an unboxing. <laughs> it's an unboxing. Okay. Here's, here's the color commentary. Lee is walking down the stairs. We're recording this in the Mayfair Theater. The guy's just dropped off the posters. He's coming back. He's got a poster tube. I have three poster tubes. He's got three poster tubes. And there's one poster I'm really hoping's in here. Now, when the Bytown God comes out, you know, I write down all the films, and because we like love to move all those films over here. Yeah, because the distributors love the Bytown more because they're... Well, they make more they money. They make more money than we do, yes. Oh, my God, it's here. It's here. What is it? The, last, the new Last Jedi oh, poster. The new last. Now, on eBay, we could sell this for $10,000. Oh, my God. You there's told two me that. in here. So, so to, to fill in folks listening, I was naive to this. I know posters are worth a lot. You go on eBay, $500, $1,000. Yeah. But evidently the, what Force do you call Awake. it, like the version A or version something version? It actually was the version B of Force Awakens because the first Force Awakens poster just said Force Awakens, Star Wars Force Awakens. Yeah. But the theatrical poster had the, uh, the layout that looked like uh, Ralph McQuarrie, but not, no, not Ralph McQuarrie. Uh, Drew Struzan. Struzan, yes. But photo, photographic Drew Struzan. Yeah. And so Lee told me this like a while back that on eBay, and sometimes eBay exaggerates because they're just hoping for the best, but yeah. it was it was sold for 
$10,000 to some lunatic. Before The Force Awakens came out, yeah, there was, it was on eBay listed at $10,000. When the movie, I think it's now up to, like, it's $700 now. Yeah. But go, before yeah. Force Awakens came out, that's how much it was. Rogue One didn't have that kind of, because Force Awakens was the first Star Wars film since Revenge of the Sith, and no one thought there'd be any more. And I think anything on eBay, I remember a while back. Andrew's going to hate me for doing uh-huh. that. A while back, at the comic store I shopped at, the clerk sold an action figure of a character who died you can see it. for <laughs> a lot of money. For like... A what? An action figure. A, yes. a character died, and there was an action figure for him previous. And just for oh. the hell of it, he went on to eBay, and he said like $300. And it was worth 30 you know? Yeah. And he sold it. It sold for that much money. So every once in a while, you'll find some crazy rich person online who has money to throw around, and will just be like, what the hell? What do you got? What do you got? Well, that's... Just had a stroke. It's beautiful. Oh my god! I can't wait. (laughs) I can't wait to go home and show the kids this. So we can't. (laughs) We can't sell this because then they would go like, "Guys, you're not allowed to sell this." Disney, we couldn't book with Disney anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I. I just want I want every every Christmas to get new Star Wars posters. Yes, yes, yes And yes. you know we got a nice one a while back and I loved it for the um, A poster for Star right. Wars. Right, just with the text on it. it no, the no. one with uh, Luke. Oh, right. And, and Kylo Ren and, and, yeah, and Ray. Yeah, at the, yeah. I love that poster. I yeah. saw that at the celebration. Oh my god. Well, this, this is <laughs> the, <laughs> the nerd relationship that Lee and I have. Is for example, yesterday I just went to run some errands and get some stuff. And stores nowadays, like Giant Tiger, are hilarious because you go in and you go like, I need a shower curtain. Yeah. And you go in and you buy your shower curtain and you walk out with uh, mushrooms and cereal and a Daredevil action figure and some pajamas. So I bought, I needed some paper towels. So I got the Last Jedi branded paper towels that have BB-8 and Chewbacca on them and stuff. They're just silly. There's no reason I need that. You're going to use... So I sent Lee a picture with a joking thing saying, don't judge me, normal people. I need this. <laughs> and you pointed out, and it's kind of true, you said, don't open it for 40 years because now I'm sure the the, the paper towels from 1977 re- are worth Dixie something. Yes. I remember in 1980, there was Empire Strikes Back Dixie Cups. I made my mother buy a big sleeve of Dixie nah. Cups. And I used to love brushing my teeth and rinsing my mouth at the end of the night. And this little paper cup had my favorite characters on it. I yeah. wish I kept those. Fool. Because those Dixie Cups are no more. I doubt yeah. you can type in Empire Strikes Back Dixie Cups and find anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like, I, I read something online. I looked up the bounty. It's a okay. bounty, <laughs> a roll of bounty quicker picker-uppers right. with Ray from The Last Jedi on them. Yeah. I showed my wife, and she said, no. I said, put this on your grocery <laughs> list. She said, no, no, we're just going to get the cheap brand. And, Come on, it's like a dollar more. Come on. And I read somewhere online that because of the bounty things, that everyone thinks, oh, Disney's oversaturating the market with Star Wars. I'm like, no, I think it's they're just new. doing... Yeah, <laughs> it's nothing new. It's just they're doing exactly what happened. When the first one came out, Star Wars was everywhere. Chewbacca was on the cover of a box of Cheerios. And oh, when yeah. I was a kid, I hated Cheerios. But I made my mother buy Cheerios, and I, I had to spend like a month <laughs> trying to eat this shitty breakfast cereal just to get Chewbacca. The only thing that makes me mad is that back in the day, there would have at least been like a trading card inside or something like that. They don't do anything. Now yeah. it's just they put it on the box. Even cereal, they just put it on the yeah. box. So there's no toys. In, I think about that when we do Saturday morning cartoons where we buy 60 boxes of cereal. It would be so fun to give kids toys as they leave. Yeah. But we buy 60 boxes of cereal and it's zero toys inside yeah. because that kind of era is gone. Yeah. But, yeah, but we should... Uh, Talk about Mayfair stuff where Andrew's going to be mad at us. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome to the Jar Jar actually, Bounty Paper Towel Actually, you had mentioned something that made me think of the Mayfair. Yeah. 
you mentioned Andy Serkis, and he directed yeah. a new movie, which we'll have here in a couple of weeks. What is that movie? Oh, which uh, was that? Uh, he directed a film that it opens at the Bytown this Friday. I like Andy Serkis a lot. Yeah, he's directing uh, Jungle Book. He's yes. been directing that forever. Which I hope does well in the shadow of the Disney Jungle Book, because I'm sure his will be very different. I'm sure his will be a little bit more Oh, it'll be mature. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be, hear my laugh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, so I don't know if that actually started lensing. So, yeah, the Andy Serkis movie that's opening at the Bytown this week is Breathe. It's this drama. No effects, no apes, or... I know. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't know how he got this role. And it looks like a really good... It looks like, you know, it comes to the Mayfair in a week or two. Great. It'll be a draw for our our clientele, which is mostly seniors. Yeah. Yeah, Breathe looks great. And the Lord of the Rings and Star Wars nerds can come see Andy Serkis in his non-CG version. <laughs> yes. Yes. I don't know if he's in it. He just directed it. Right. So anyway, you can expect Breathe at the Mayfair shortly. And also coming soon is... There's so many good movies for the end of the year. So good. The Florida Project. I'm so excited. I didn't realize that was the director of... Tangerine. Tangerine, which was one of my favorite movies Shot a couple years ago. entirely on an iPhone. And a so lesser good. iPhone that I have in my pocket right yeah. now. Tangerine was this amazing mix of just heartfelt and touching and crude and, yeah. and funny and, and just Only so played great. at the Mayfair. Didn't yeah. play anywhere else. And it was a Christmas movie. <laughs> I was like, we watch it every Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> What's your other cross-dressing <laughs> movies? <laughs> I, uh, yeah, and, and there's Wonderstruck, the Wonder Wheel from Woody Allen, yeah. The Shape of Water. Oh, so many. The Square. Oh, it's going to be so good. Oh, my God. This is the rest <laughs> yeah. of, you know, the best picture, I was thinking the best picture of the year, the Oscar winner, is out there somewhere. Yeah. Might be Florida Project. It's out there great. somewhere. Maybe it's a disaster. Who knows? Uh, we just have to guess which one it is. It's funny when you get to that point of the year where, yeah, it's there. What's the new Paul Thomas Anderson movie called again? The one about... Oh, oh, yeah, there's that uh, one. The Seamstress movie. That looks great. And everyone always gets a bit cocky, and there's always, like, 20 movies where people are like... This is the one. And there's always yeah. some left behind. Yeah. And then people freak out that it's, oh, what an upset. Oh, they were robbed. Yeah. And it's like, well, there's only so many movies you can squeeze into these award yeah. ceremonies. But yeah. but yeah, there's always going to be something left behind. And, and the way it nowadays works, most of the movies are the ones released in December are the ones that get, like, is a high percentage. It's like 90% of movies, which are the ones released in December. So You know what's going to get left behind that's playing at the Mayfair now, right now, which is really good. I yeah. don't know if you liked it. Imagine you did Battle of the Sexes. I'm going to see it tonight, actually. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah, that's, it looks like an Oscar kind of a movie, yeah. but there's so much good stuff coming out, it might get left behind. Yeah, we have that we're holding over for a second week. Loving Vincent holding Lo- over for a second Loving week. Loving Vincent ain't going anywhere. Yeah. That movie got 60 people in for a 4 o'clock matinee yesterday. It's, and it's, I think we chatted about last time, but it's the one that it's, do you call it rotoscoping? But it, it's it's painted. It looks painted. Right. And so it's, it is a animated film, but done over actors, which I'm sure they just shot on a video camera. Yeah. And it's a, a video. Video, probably <laughs> to save money. I would imagine. <laughs> probably on a VHS tape. Where would they tape. get the video tapes? <laughs> they, they did it on a VHS tape. I think it's funny when my kids say, "Let's take a video." It's like, take a. What are you going to yeah. take a video from the basement in a box? I have a few videos downstairs. Yeah, get one of those VHS cameras the size of a horse. <laughs> put it on your shoulder. But uh, yeah, so loving Vincent, Battle of Sexes held over for a second week, and then we have three auto premieres. And it is one of those weeks that I talk about once a month or so where if you think it's weird that there's only two screenings of a certain thing, it's because it's the Ottawa Film Society week where it, yeah. it eats up three of our nights. So if they do well, maybe they'll be back. One is a documentary called Dinah, 
which is uh, kind of being that, billed as a true life romantic comedy. That looks like it was shot on VHS. Probably, yeah. <laughs> it looks really good. It looks like yeah. a nice, nice little fun movie. Rat film apparently is excellent. Rat film isn't good. what I was expecting. When, when I heard about rat film months ago and whipped up the posters and stuff, I thought it was going to be like a rat documentary. Yeah. And then you see the trailer and it's this kind of almost Lynchian at times yeah, art it's house. Cool so it's a, it plays really well here. Or Herzog. Yeah, I heard yeah. it compared to Warner Herzog. So kind of I wish we could play it more. The Ottawa Film Society kinda of gets in the way this week. Yeah. We only got on both those films on twice. Yeah. But yeah, Rat Film apparently the reviews are great. And then Una, which is based on a play, kind of a heavy drama, with Rooney Mara Two Rogue Ones. And two, two Rogue Ones. Two one. actors from Rogue One. We only book people who are in Star Wars films. Krennic, General Krennic, or, uh, and Krennic is in it, Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah. And uh, Bodhi Rook. Yeah. Armin, what's his name? Riz Ahmed. Riz Ahmed. Who's, right? who's, we had that, uh, not a great, great film, but that last kind of film noir detective movie he did, I really liked. We showed his first film here. We premiered his first film, Four Feathers. Which was amazing. Yeah. Oh, I love that movie. I met him at the Star Wars celebration, and I, I had to tell him, I turned around and I said, oh, I love Four Feathers. We showed that. And I told him about the Mayfair and he thought that was really neat. And then I met Ashley Eckstein. Yes. And I turned around and said to her, right straight in her face with my wife standing beside me, I love you. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I always think, I probably should have said that. <laughs> anyway, Una looks good. Una looks good. Una I love Ben Mendelsohn so much. Ben Mendelsohn's great. And, I, and to be honest, to be geek honest, I wasn't super familiar with him pre-Rogue One, although he's an established actor. Animal Kingdom. Yeah. Did you see? We showed Animal I Kingdom. I did, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I kind amazing. of forgot about that. That's probably one of the, you know, I was thinking, I always think of, lately I've been thinking of, what are the best films of the 21st century for, so far? Yeah. The 21st century is almost 18 years old. Right. Uh, so we've only had 18 years, and it's fun to think of what are the best films the last 18 years. I think I watched one of them last night. I, I decided to throw in my Blu-ray of There Would Be Blood, but I think Animal Kingdom should be up there. I yeah. think it's 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 in a top 20 maybe at least. That's a good film, and he's he's the best part of that movie. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah, so it's it's an interesting week with two really popular holdovers and three Ottawa premieres. With, like we said, not a ton of screenings for a couple of them, but maybe we'll be able to bring them back down the line. Then we've booked, well, maybe we mentioned it last time, but this is the first time you've been here since we've officially released the Room 99 oh, yes. extravaganza news. Yeah. So not really any updates to that, but just you can find all the information online. There's I'm talking to the distributor at Elevation Pictures tomorrow yeah. about how we're going to give out passive. They, you know, it's a, the, we're showing the, the disaster artist on November 27th. It's a promo screening. Yeah. We know tickets sold, but they will be they'll be giving out double passes throughout the city, like a lot of major distributors do, probably on the radio. Um, but we're hoping to give out uh, a, a yeah. bunch to our fans here yeah. at the Mayfair. So I need to find out how many I'm getting, and then we'll maybe we'll plan a secret <laughs> rendezvous. And in Battle Center. Royale, <laughs> we'll put 50 room pens in a, on an island, <laughs> and whoever gets off. <laughs> Yeah, because it's, it's funny, like, I don't want to sound too disrespectful because this is how these preview passes work, but the first words out of my mouth were, I don't want 325 sports radio listeners in yeah, here yeah. who have no idea what the room is, who have never been to the Mayfair. I, the way I understand it, James Franco wants uh, the fans to be there. Greg Sestero knows about these promo screenings, yeah. and I'm using him as a bit of a, a crutch because he's coming to the screening. I told Elevation, yeah, the fans deserve to be here for this. This is for the fans. Yeah. I know they'll go see the disasters again when it opens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please let them he be here for that screening with Greg Sestero. It'll be a treat. Yeah. You know, 325 seats. 
I wonder how many passes they're going to give us to give out to the fans. But yeah. um, I wish we maybe we can arrange one more room screening before Greg gets here, so we can get, maybe give out like a hundred passes or something. Yeah, something like that. Because it, it's I always forget how like the blocking stuff on Facebook works. I'll get this thing like these people are trying to get in touch with you. It's people saying, "How do I get passes to the room?" And I just tell them, "I'm like, we honestly don't know right now. Yeah. We'll tell people as soon as we do." Or people saying, "Can you add extra screenings?" And I was like, oh, well, we don't have that control. Like, we're getting right. this one screening, that's it. But I do tell people, we'll get it back. It might yeah. take a little while, but we're, we'll, we'll show it again. I worked the last screening of the room. Yep. And it was the weekend we had the band in. I was sad I missed Sh- that. I was shooting, in Toronto. Shooting yeah. guns. Shooting guns, yeah. And they, were, they had all their equipment at the front of the theater. Yeah. And I was looking at all the fans with their boxes of spoons, and I looked at all the musical instruments, drums, electric guitars, pianos. Yeah. And I thought, geez, they're going to get... Covered in, spoons. covered in spoons. So I made an announcement for the movie. Instead of throwing the spoons at the screen, just throw them up in the air, straight up and straight down. Yeah. And it actually made for an easier cleanup job. At the end oh, yeah. Of the I've told that to people before because like, there's an instinct to aim for the screen. And plastic spoons probably would do damage, but there's always a chance that some dummy brings like right. a sharp football. butter knife or something. Well, there's you know, rumors like, of people, people bringing footballs to screenings now. Yeah, you can't have that. But actually, it looks nicer when they shoot them straight up because they get into the, the light of the projector. Well, I have to say, like I've I worked all three Rocky Horror nights, and I'm I'm still exhausted. I'm old. It's Thursday, and I'm exhausted because on Friday and Saturday I slept like four hours. Mm. After that, Tuesday night slept four hours, and this is this is me. But I just I'm not good at sleeping after, like I can't sleep till yes. two. And if Gwen wakes up, I just wake up as well. The fans were great over the three nights. Mm-hmm. On Halloween night, our security kicked out two people for smuggling in booze, but it was very like, you, out, and they left. There was no wrestling, there was no like right. tossing. And after night one, I was doing the old knock on wood, like I'm gonna jinx this, but right. there was no puke, nobody fell off the balcony, nobody fought, nobody tried to steal stuff. It was great. Like, people were very well behaved while still being really messy and dressed in costume and having fun and being loud. So it was just, it was this great season of the the absent friends are great. Our patrons were great. Mm -hmm. We were sold out for four of the seven shows, I think. And we're doing another screening in two weeks. Yeah, which they I kind of forgot to, about. Oh I my asked God. them because I, I, you know, we never do a November screening, but they yeah. want to do one. They want to do one more to promote their Christmas event. Oh, so crazy. I think on November 13th, it was like it's really soon. Holy cow. It's, I should yeah. do like a poster for that or something. Yeah, I have a date. I'll, I'll shoot, let me know and I'll shoot you the date. But you kind of forget that like these guys are doing seven shows. That's almost like a Broadway week. Yes. <laughs> and... It's a big show, they're up and down, they're doing lots of stuff, lots of interaction. And it is one of those things where someone said, oh, you guys should sell beer. And I'm like, no, <laughs> like, that's insane. And give yeah. out cocaine. Yeah, <laughs> should give out weapons. But it was just, it was a very, it was messy, but it was a very nice few days and very yay for Mayfair feeling. And everyone was great. Lots of nice words about us online and everything. And lots of out-of-towners saying they wish they could be here. And so it's a nice thing to be associated with this I think I said online, like these talented lunatics who are the second biggest Rocky Horror cast in yeah. North America. Let me just close the curtain. Yeah. You, you can hear drilling in the background because there's some work going on in our box office to fix some 
electric uh, stuff. There were some sparks. <laughs> did I trip down the stairs three oh, times? No. I, I think a good way to promote the room is maybe not the next time there's a bunch of people. Yeah. Don't clean up the spoons and leave them there for a week on the floor so everyone else would come. <laughs> Why are there spoons everywhere? Yeah. Might be a fun way to promote the room. <laughs> I thought it'd be fun if we could get like... It's like a sea of plastic spoons. Like Greg to sign like four of them and just throw them into the mess. Yeah, and and <laughs> like, whoever finds them. Whoever finds them. you got to clean up the spoons, but you can find a, gr a limited edition <laughs> Greg spoon in there. But it's, it's going to be fun. I'm very excited to see both Best Friends, Best Fiends and Disaster Artist. And just like the crazy one in a million chance of fate that our 100th month of the room mm -hmm. is the same time that the Disaster Artist is being released. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Like that's a, that's unbelievable. Yeah. And it's I think almost it, like the gods. The gods. The Tommy was no gods <laughs> yeah. or whatever it is. The, probably the same gods who looked down on Neil Breen yeah. and made that happen. Yeah, and, and so I and I think it's funny that we're kind of celebrating the 99th month. It seems Ooh. funny that we're celebrating the yeah. wrong month. And well, in December we are showing Best Friends again yes. with, with the room. There's two more screenings of Best Friends, and it's the Canadian premiere. Yeah, which it's is the pretty first cool. time it's ever screening. No, I have heard nothing from Tommy Wiseau. Uh, the last time I remember texting him about a month ago, and he called me right away. Yeah. At this time, I can't. I I don't know. He's dropped off the the radar. I don't know what happened. He's well. It's been an interesting turn with him because I seem to recall initially he was quite upset with the film, but then lately I've seen photos of him with his arm around James Franco and stuff like that. So. Oh, in the room full of spoons, guys. Oh yeah, that's they too. won some sort of lawsuit. Oh, again. Tommy was blocking the release of the film and they right. want some sort of lawsuit so that movie's now finally going to come oh, out. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. I had people assuming that I knew anything about it. People asking me about it and I was like, I don't know. And they're like, yeah. are you guys going to screen it? And I'm like, well, at the moment they're going through like lawsuits and stuff yeah. so yeah, I don't know what they're they doing. Finally, they were posting on Facebook, we won! That's good. Some good more for news coming. So, yeah. I don't know, Tommy still doesn't want He'll probably not want us to show it though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you, you know you don't slap the hand of the no. the, the, the mouth that feeds you. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Wait, sounds like is? a fresh kissing <laughs> Tommy Wiseau. Don't slap no Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> the uh, and yeah, we have a few more premieres we booked since last chatting. One is crazy. Our first booking of 2018 horror movie called Tragedy Girls. Yeah, that looks good. And then uh, my friend Dahmer on December 15th. And the, there's a Takeshi Miike movie coming up. Yes, on December 6th and 7th, Blade of the Immortal, uh, which is also based on a comic book. And it's his 100th film. Well, 100th film as a director, he's young. Which is nuts, because he's not 110 years old. No, <laughs> like, no he's, yeah, he's, I think he's as old as I am. He looks old, though. He's got and, a, and you look at his resume on IMDb, face. and he, his first movie was not when he was 14. His first mm. movie was some reasonable age, like 27 or something. Yeah. And he's just directed multiple movies. And this was a big Fantasia favorite a couple months ago, I think. And it's just a good old-fashioned blood and guts yeah, <laughs> martial great. arts sword movie. It's funny. We've shown Mimike movies. And people, like, I'm always sitting at bars and people are like, oh, Takeshi, have you seen Audition or Itchy the Killer? And people talk about him a lot. But no one ever really comes to the screenings. And I really hope this time yeah, yeah, yeah. it makes a difference. I remember when we showed... What was the last uh, one? We showed Itchy the Killer. We showed Audition. Yeah. And we showed... What's the, the one with the, the people having sex in, in sewers? And <laughs> yes, yes, yes. yes. Uh, uh -huh. It's a really perverted thing. That's quite good. Anyway, oh, we showed 
the Django movie. He did a Django film. Yeah. Either the small crowds that show up also find the movies too extreme. It's like, oh, that was too upsetting. Or, uh, yeah. It's too... <laughs> well, that's always the... That's always, I like that comment, actually, but a movie. That's always the frustration like is people asking for certain films, and you're like, there was a, a specific person a while back who got mad about us showing The Room all the time. And I'm like, yeah, but people keep coming to The Room. If we yeah. had... 150 people coming to see some other cult film all the time we'd show that all the time but it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of simple simple numbers for that case but yeah it's so yeah I hope people come out to that I think that's going to be a lot of fun and I already said if you're interested in checking out comic books on that go visit our friends at comic book shop because there's a bunch of collections and comics you can get of the manga that was the inspiration for Blade of the Immortal and I forgot oh. uh, that my friend Dahmer is actually a comic book as well like a, a big fat graphic novel comic book and I'm going to try to read that before seeing the movie in December. Let's see, what else did we not mention? Dead Shack, coming up November 29th. Todd in the Book of Pure Evil, which a lot of people seem really excited about. I don't, oh, really? I'm not really Good. familiar with it, but it's a TV show. This is the big screen conclusion. Visitor Q. Visitor Q, yeah. <laughs> That's the Mickey movie that really upset a lot of people. But anyway, yeah. sorry. That's okay. Yes, those films are... I barely squeezed them in. They were yeah. only showing twice each, but... Uh, yeah, I like Raven Banner Entertainment. I hope people uh, people should come see all those yeah. one-off horror movies, and we'll bring more in. Yeah, and, and I, I always remind people that of when something comes and does really well, we notice and go, oh, let's play that again, or let's try to bring that back. Yeah, and That works for the mainstream movies. If you look at something mm. like The Big Sick that we held over, that's why, because yeah. it did really well. There was a lot of buzz about it. Oh, and we're also going to screen The Last Starfighter in November, presented by House of Targ. People say the 70s are the greatest time for film, but just for me, because when I was born, man, I love the 80s. I liked The Last Starfighter a lot when I was a kid, and I still kind of like it. I like I like the bit in the trailer park with the alien fighting them. Yeah. Know, it's kind of a cool... It looks like 80s computer special effects, but... And there's maybe no worse... You know when they cut from an actor pretending to fly a spaceship, and then they cut yeah. to the spaceship? There's maybe no worse cut between than Last Starfighter. Because yes. it, it looks fine. He's in the suit. He's flying a spaceship. And it cuts to the outside. Like, and you got to remember, this is years after Star Wars. It looks like low Tron. It looks like a, nowadays a kid could do it at eight years old on their yeah. tablet, you know? Yeah. But it, it's a very fun 80s movie. It kind of like comes the on the heels of Tron. And it also came on the heels of, like, Star Wars. I'm sure it was them being like, we want another space franchise. Yes. And and uh, but yeah, that yeah that's be... why I liked it. I think it was a kid because I yes. wanted more Star Wars. Yeah, and there wasn't more Star Wars. You had your you know you last Starfighter. What was it? Battlestar Galactica. I used to watch on TV when I was a kid. Oh yeah, then, ooh spaceships. And Battlestar, you look at it and you're like the ships and the. It's very much like yeah, that's very Star Wars esque. Yeah, for sure. Oh so. yeah, the the tie the X wing fighter reminds me of that. I don't know what the good guys are in Battlestar Galactica. No, I think the same people worked on the Battlestar stuff that worked on. Star Wars, I believe. So a lot of the same Television? guys. Well, it was, a, it was a big screen movie first, I think. I right? remember when I was a kid, TV Guide came out, and the cover of TV Guide was the characters in Battlestar Galactica hanging out in a pickup truck. Okay. And it's like, Battlestar Galactica finds Earth, they find Earth, and they come back to Earth. And that was like <laughs> their Jump to Shark episode. <laughs> and I watched it. I, that's what I like about Star Wars. Earth has nothing to do with Star Wars. And Battlestar Galactica, they went to Earth. And I guess they are from Earth. It's just a futuristic right. yeah, like yeah. Star Trek. Yeah, so we got a ton of stuff coming up. I heard about some of it as we talked here right now, but in the next couple of months, there are going to be even more oh fun God. stuff at the Mayfair. And the, yeah, the, the, there's, there's so many good movies now to see, and then we're gonna starting hit, this weekend. Yeah, and then we're going to hit award season in 2018, and then we'll have the Oscars in a couple months after that. And 
And then in March, we'll have The Last Jedi. Oh, it's going to be so good. Yeah. <laughs> so far off. Yeah. Oh, there's crazy noises happening in the background. So maybe we'll wrap it up here for this week. You can check us out online at Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and on our website. Go visit our friends at House of Targ. Like I said, they're presenting The Last Starfighter, a rare video game movie here at the Mayfair for them to officially present. We're going to try to figure out something cool, probably have some prizes from them to give away. But they do have games like Galaga and Asteroids there, which are very Last Starfighter-esque. So maybe we'll figure out some kind of like high score thing. Get the high score and get a couple free passes or something like that. You're so lucky you're married. <laughs> I know. We were joking about the other day. Gwen has a good job with benefits and is talented at fixing computers and bicycles and she can cook and she's all this stuff. And my friend Baus laughed and we said, what do you bring to the It's like, I don't know, I got a lot of comic books and can get her into free movies. You know, like, that's about it. And, uh, see, your wife's not even a nerd. I know. She's an accountant. You're even luckier I'm, to get I'm that. lucky. I'm, yeah, we're all lucky men. Yeah. <laughs> no complaints. And on that note, with that weird it's sound in the background. In our lives. Yes. We'll wrap yes. things up. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon here at the Mayfair. The computer, an extension of the human intellect. The NCOM 511, center of the most calculating intelligence on Earth. Programmed by Master Control to survive by all means. Soon, the ultimate tool will become the ultimate enemy. I still do not understand why you want to break into the system. Because, man, somewhere in one of these memories is the evidence. Hey, 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 it's the big master control program everybody's been talking about. Kevin Flynn, computer genius. <laughs> Taken prisoner and held captive within the digital world of the computer itself. Trapped inside an electronic arena where love and escape 